to HeyYA Extra Credit. Every other week opposite the main HeyYA podcast, we'll bring you a short form podcast of YA talk across a wide range of topics. I'm Erica Azafetti. So how familiar with manga are you? In today's episode, I'm going to get into manga a bit, like what the different age categories are, and also talk about a few anime that I have been watching and manga that I've been interested in reading and been loving. I also speak about some ones that maybe I'm hoping to read in the future. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so manga. There's so many different levels of what I would say is familiarity with manga and and anime in the U.S. I think anime is currently more popular than manga. Interestingly enough, though, in Japan, it is the reverse. So let me start off with actually defining what they are. Manga is comics, Japanese word for comics, and anime is simply animation. Um, A lot of times, anime is an adaptation of a manga, And that probably explains why manga is more popular, just because it's more readily available, kind of like YA novels compared to adaptations of YA novels. So that makes sense as far as that goes. Um, It's typically mostly published in black and white, apart from the few color title pages. A lot of times it's published in a magazine. Chapters are published in a magazine, and then a collection of chapters will be published into volumes. It's also read from right to left. I'll include a link that shows how to read it from right to left, which it might seem kind of simple, but sometimes it does become a little confusing which panel to read next. And if you're just not used to it and you want to have a more seamless experience if you're trying to dip your toes into it, it's a helpful link. So I'll include that. Definitely helped me when I started to read it again. Now, as far as the different age groups are concerned, there's shoujo, shonen, seinen, josai, and kodomo muke. Shoujo category is geared towards teen and tween girls. Shonen manga is the male counterpart. It's geared towards teen and tween boys. Uh, Seinen is the big brother to shonen. It's geared towards young adult males. And Josai is Shoujo's bigger sister. It's geared towards adult women. And again, it's kind of like the young adult label where different genres can be under each of these categories. It's more so the target audience, the target demographic. And Kodomomoke 
is geared towards young children. So think of things like Pokemon, like, you know, kind of cutesy, very family friendly and stuff like that. So now obviously a lot of these descriptions are very binary focused and stereotypical in ways. Of course, there are more genders than just boys and girls and everyone can like everything. And typically, I mean, it's it's not a problem if you are you know, a girl and you like shonen. So, you know, people just read whatever they want, of course. But that's just how it's broken down. That's how it's categorized. And funnily enough, most of the, just about all the manga that I'm going to mention is shonen because that's what I gravitate towards. And shonen, um, as I said a second ago, is geared towards teen and tween boys. Um, I tend to like a lot of action and like fantastical things and fighting and stuff like that. So that's why I gravitate towards shonen. I also like sign-in. Sign-in, again, is for young adult males. So it's a little older than what a YA show would be focusing on, although there is a little, there is a little overlap. So yes, the first one I'd like to mention is super popular if you're into anime and manga. If you're not, then let me recommend it to you as a good place to start to get your feet wet with manga slash anime. I started to watch this anime before I read the manga, and I think that really helped me with telling what everything was with the black and white, because I know what the characters look like. I know how they're colored and drawn in, and I know how they look in motion. And so once I started reading the manga, it was easy to transfer that knowledge to that. So first one I have for you is Jujutsu Kaisen by Gege Akutami. And it is about a high schooler named Yuji Itadori, and he is kind of lonely. It's odd because he seems to be like fairly gregarious and social, but he is a bit of a loner. We know that because it seems like he doesn't really have any friends. He's visiting his grandfather in the hospital who's very sick, and his grandfather is trying to get him to go to a an after-school club to kind of distract him from his sickness. He doesn't want Yuji to be too concerned with him being sick. He wants him to go out and meet other people, socialize with other people, so basically his death won't, you know, hit Yuji as much. So interestingly enough, Yuji joins the paranormal club at school, and They are planning to go to school at night with this creepy item they found with these like magical seal looking things on it. Basically a magical seal. If you're not familiar, it's like like a piece of paper with Japanese writing that's supposed to seal something within a container that it's in. So they're planning to have this kind of seance with it and are thinking the night atmosphere will be like more fitting for that. So while all of this is building up, There's this other high school kid, Megumi, who is searching around the school for this item, which we learn is called a cursed item. So once Yuji's grandfather dies, Megumi shows up to the hospital looking for him because he thinks he has the cursed item that he is trying to get. Um, And in trying to get the cursed item from Yuji, Megumi explains what curses are. Basically, we live in a world of curses. And for all intents and purposes, curses to me are like demons, kind of. They don't call them that in the show, but they're basically like demons. And there are these people called Jujutsu sorcerers who fight the curses to stop them from killing people. And Megumi goes to Jujutsu High in Tokyo to learn how to be a Jujutsu sorcerer. 
So the item he's looking for is a finger from the king of curses named Sukuna, who used to be a human or a demon curse spirit, whatever. They don't really know what he was, but he was something a thousand years ago and he was very strong and powerful. And the seal has broken on his finger and it needs to be resealed. So Yuji doesn't actually have it. The girl that's in his paranormal after-school club does. So they race back to school to get it. And they start to see these curses. Because the thing with something like Sukuna's finger, Sukuna's finger is a powerful cursed object. So it attracts other curses. What they want to do is they basically want to swallow it to gain the power from it. So all of these curses are converging upon the school, unbeknownst to the to Yuji's other, you know, two classmates who were in his paranormal club who were there at night because they wanted to do the little seance thing. You know, they're about to get killed by these curses, basically, if they're not saved. So Yuji, after having just lost his grandfather, he's thinking about things his grandfather said. He's wanting to save his classmates and even save this new kid, Megumi. He literally just met. He decides that best course of action for him is to eat the finger so that he can become stronger and kill the curses. Megumi is like, please don't do that. And Yuji's like, I'm going to do it. So Yuji does it. And he gets these like tattoos all over his body and Sukuna takes over his body. And with that, he's able to kill the curse, kill the this really big curse that was like running them down. And then Gojo, Megumi's teacher, comes out and he helps to, he fights Sukuna within Yuji's body. So basically he kind of fights Yuji in a way uh, for a minute. And then Yuji gains control of his body again. So now the higher ups want to kill Yuji because he can be possessed by Sukuna. And if Sukuna is able to walk the earth, then all is lost because Sukuna was the baddest to ever do it basically and he's super powerful and um it would just not be a good time so they're like we got to kill him but gojo that is again megumi's teacher at the high school he's like you know what itadori yuji that is yuji is the only one well that they've tried that to swallow the fingers and not die from it and he can regain control of his body even with um, the finger, Sukuna is not powerful enough to possess him. So he proposes that they let Yuji gather up all the fingers. There are like 20 of them because he had like four arms. They gather up all the fingers, swallow them, and then kill him because that's a way that they could kill the fingers. Because before that, they're the fingers are kind of indestructible if you try to destroy them directly. But if they're in a vessel, which Yuji is serving as, you can destroy them. I don't quite get the logic. I just roll with it. So basically, Gojo convinces them to hold off on executing Yuji. In the meantime, Yuji is going to be going to Jujutsu High now. He's going to be training to become a Jujutsu Sorcerer. And what's interesting is that before he went to the high school, Megami kind of saw that he, Yuji has this like kind of like superhuman strength. So it's interesting. It's like, hmm, you weren't in this world, but yet you have this like wild, crazy strength. So let's see where this goes, basically. Um, I think Gojo probably senses there's something else going on with Yuji. So 
This is definitely a darker manga and anime. It can get kind of gruesome at times, for sure. It has a lot of Japanese culture in it, which is really cool. It has a lot of elements of um, Buddhism, Shintoism. It talks about the work culture, different regions and their like rivalries. It talks about yokai folklore. I really like the art style, especially in the anime. The fight scenes are great. But out of all of these things, I'd say that the characterization is some of the best I've seen so far, especially as far as female characters are concerned, in animes, that is. They defy stereotypes. They have nuance. They feel like fully realized people. Um, They're just as strong and stronger than some of the other characters, but they're admired for it and presented in a favorable way. Now, that's not to say that everyone is supportive. There is some sexism, elitism, and xenophobia, as well as the high-ranking clans go. But I feel like it's presented as something to be toppled, and it's super satisfying when it gets opposed. So again, that's Jujutsu Kaisen by Gege Akutami. So next one I have is another super popular one. And it's along the same vein, honestly. But that's just my that's just my thing. I just like this type of stuff. Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer by Koyoharu Gotoge. So again, another super popular one. This follows 13-year-old Tanjiro, who is a coal seller in Taisho era Japan. If you're not familiar, which I was not, Taisho era Japan is from 1912 to 1926, which is a really interesting time. I think I don't see too many stories, anime, manga, novels, whatever, that are set in that time period in Japan, which I, so I think that's pretty cool. So his father has died and he is trying to help support his family. He has a mom and a few siblings, quite a few siblings. And so he goes out and he sells coal down in the village. So he's going down to the village to sell coal one day. And when he makes it back, he spent the night at a neighbor's house because it was dark and the guy was warning him about demons. He was like, oh, you don't want to be out past, you know, nightfall. They're demons. And Tanjiro was like, are demons real like that? But he's like, whatever, I'm going to trust this guy. You know, he seems to be nice and have his, you know heart in the right place. So he spends the night. When he goes back, he finds his family is basically massacred. His little sister seems to be hurt. So he starts to take her to get help for her to, you know, get treatment. And she turns, she starts to turn into a demon. And in that struggle, she like makes them fall off a cliff accidentally. So he's fighting her. And as he's fighting her, this other character, a swordsman comes and he starts to try to kill her. Swordsman's name is Tamioka. Tamioka is a demon slayer. So now Tanjiro is fighting with Tomioka to stop him from killing his little sister, even though she's a demon. And Tanjiro's like, I, you know, I, you know, don't kill her. She's my sister. And Tomioka's like, she's a demon, bro. Like, you gotta let it go. And Tanjiro's like, no, I can, I can turn her back. Tomioka is... Basically, like, that never happens. But there's something about Tanjiro and Nezuko, who is his sister that has turned demon, that makes Tomioka have a second thought. For one, Nezuko shields Tanjiro from Tomioka, which he has never seen. He's never seen a demon try to protect a human. And Tanjiro seems really determined. And so Tomioka's like, maybe they're different. There's something about them. So he says, okay, I will not kill her. At this time, 
under one condition. You have to go train um, with my old master and you have to become a demon slayer so that you can basically, you know, try to find a cure for Nezuko and protect other people from her if she gets, if she starts getting a little too buck. You know what I mean? With that, Tanjiro sets out to find a cure for his baby sister. And it's, oh, this is such a good one. That's like, it's really, it's another really dark and bloody one. So if, I guess, what does that say about me? It says a few things, but it's so good. It'll make you cry. It'll get you all in your feelings. The animation is spectacular. In the movie, in the season two, it got even better. There are fun characters. There's humor. It gets really touching. Like some of the stories are very sad. And I think real, like, like realistic for the time. So again, that's Demon Slayer by Koyoharu Gotoge. Couple others I'll mention really quickly. Dr. Stone by Richiro Inagaki. And this is set in 2019, but it actually, so it's interesting. It's set in 2019, but out of nowhere, there's this flash of light that turns all human beings into stone. So flash forward 3,700 years, and now Sanku, this high schooler who's like a genius, he cracks out of the stone. I think he was like, (laughs) I won't spoil how he cracked out, but he's like the first human being to crack out of the stone after everyone was frozen, petrified for 3,700 years. So he is determined to bring civilization and humanity back. He wants to turn everyone out of stone back into, you know, their regular human forms. And he, um, yeah, basically wants to bring humanity back. So he unpetrifies his friend and they start to work together to go about that. And one thing that's cool, it's like they kind of are basically living as cavemen because at at almost 4,000 years, everything is gone. Like houses have decayed and businesses are gone and there are no cars and no hospitals and no medicine, no grocery stores. So everything is from scratch, right? And what's really cool about this is that there are all these different things that they need. Like they need clothing, they need house housing, they need shelter, they need soap, they need toothpaste. Then he starts getting fancy. He starts getting, um, you know, making cola and cell phones and stuff. And what's cool is that it shows the science behind how those things are made. And it's actually pretty realistic science. Like I saw some videos that were showing that, I guess, the formulas and the things he used to make gunpowder... He made a cell phone. He made a light bulb. He made ramen from scratch. He made, you know, all these cool different things. Um, They're actually pretty accurate um, as far as the physics and chemistry are concerned. So this is a show that'll like get you really interested in science, which I was not expecting. So it's really cool. I really, really like it. I've watched both seasons and I think I may get into the manga because just like with Demon Slayer and Jujutsu Kaisen, like how watching the anime got me into the manga because I was impatient and I wanted to know what happened in the story next. But I have really been enjoying Dr. Stone. It's pretty cool. Couple other honorable mentions, just because I'm running out of time. Attack on Titan by Hajime Isayama. Super popular. If you haven't watched it, that that one is super dark. I would say it's shonen at first, but I think it might turn to seinen later because it gets real intense. 
Um, Spy Family by Tatsuya Endo. Super cute, very heartwarming. That is like just a fun little thing to watch. And it's coming out weekly still, so it's a brand new release. Also, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure by Hirohiko Araki. And that is literally what it sounds like. It's bizarre. It follows this... Well, I didn't describe the other two, but it follows this family with the name Jojo. <laughs> it's super silly and fun. It's been, um, the manga has been coming out since like the 80s and it's still going. So yes, please check out all those. Like I said, a lot of these are popular, but if you're not familiar with manga and anime and you're interested in getting into it, these are some good ones to get into if you like action. And, you know, like fantastical themes and stuff like that. Thanks so much for tuning in today, as well as our sponsor for making the day show possible. You can follow me on Twitter at Erica underscore easy E underscore. Big shout out to Jen Zink, our audio editor for making us sound good every week. We'll see you next week on the main podcast where I will be joined by Tears of Price. Until next week, happy reading. Happy reading.